Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this uh, November the 9th day. We're one day away from Veterans Day. Um, salute to all the veterans out there. A lot of guys I used to work with over the years uh, during my security times, working as a supervisor, working security officer and whatnot, uh, work with a lot of vets, you know, go to church with a good friend of mine I used to work with. So anyways, welcome to Sports Scope. We're supposed to have here in the next 15 minutes, Mike Wessoff is going to be on. We're going to talk about his book here, uh, Figure It Out. And it's called My 32-Year Journey While Revolutionized Pro Football Special Team. Mike is... Uh, you know he's got some of the rules change in the NFL. This is a this is a big time coach here and a heck of a journey. I mean, you guys aren't going to believe this. I've emailed his uh, assistant Denise. She said everything's going to be fine. I sent Mike an email about four hours ago with the link to the program. Now supposed to be on around seven fifteen. He hasn't got back. Uh, if he don't, folks, I'm just going to you know I'm the producer writer. Uh, talent and everything on this program. I'll have to just email. Uh, I'll have to um, email the niece again uh, to see if Mike uh, to make sure he has got that email. But I got a feeling he's going to be okay. This guy is really diligent. He's got a master's degree. Uh, he's a really good teacher. I've got a good quote from him in the. Um, from Hard Knocks. I just got done watching Hard Knocks, by the way. Uh, Hard Knocks, they are in season right now. I just now got – I recorded it on – I think it was on Wednesday, right? It was yesterday. And they're, they have the uh, the Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Kyler Murray there, uh, his troubles. And I'll say this about Hard Knocks. These end season, I'm going to ask Mike: is, is this really a distraction? I couldn't imagine something like this being in season because it. I'll tell you what: it's starting to pick up. The uh, this is the second time it's been. I, th I want to say Hard Knocks been on for about 20 years, give or take. I want to say it's been been on for about 20 years, and uh, this is the second year that Hard Knocks has been in season. Okay. And we, we know that the Carolinas or Carolina, the Cardinals have got off to a bad start this year. And uh, they play Seattle on Sunday. You know, we talked about Seattle the other day. Seattle's in first place. And uh, everybody's mic'd up. DeAndre Hopkins is saying, hey, man, didn't you see me? Didn't you see me? And Kyler Murray's walking to the sideline. He says, man, I'm going to get you the ball, man. I'm going to get you the ball. And remember that if you recap that game, now I'm watching a lot of games. I'm playing um, fantasy. I'm keeping up with scores from earlier. I'm, I'm I'm watching a lot of this on Red Zone. But now I went back and watched it from the uh, hard no hard knocks perspective with the behind the scenes and the mic'd up part. And you can start to see the issue that I've been talking about with young quarterbacks and these big-time diva receivers. Uh, and we talked about this before on uh, Detroit. When Calvin Johnson, he's a big, he's not a really a diva, but he's a big-time receiver, 
fantasy starting to get really big around that time, and it's growing every year. And his numbers, Matt Stafford's numbers went up when, when, when Calvin Johnson did his early retirement. He's like 30 years old or something like that. Uh, so that's my thing about getting these big receivers. You really, uh, these, I wouldn't say diva, but these, these really highly rated receivers, they were high draft picks. They've got, or maybe they were low draft picks and they got big extensions and whatnot. And not all of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are diva like, you know, they have massive egos. So he's like, Hey man, you got to get me the ball. got to get me the ball. And of course, I want to say that uh, he did score in that game. DeAndre Hopkins did score in that game. But when he says, I'm going to get you the ball, man, when Kyler says that to him, that goes to show you they feel pressured to get these guys the ball. That's why I'm not a big advocate of paying these guys big money in second contracts, the air quote, highest paid in the game. I, there's no receiver that's worth that. I don't care if he's a uh, Randy Moss, Jerry Rod- there's no receiver that's worth that. Not unless you've got a really hard-nosed guy like a uh, a guy that, that, that Mike has worked with for a number of years, like, like a Dan Marino or, or Troy Aitman, per se, somebody like that, uh, Elway, somebody big and posing who is not going to be intimidated by the wide receiver, will tell him to just run his routes and he'll get him the ball if it fits into the plan of the offense, he's not going to force him the ball. And that's that. Don't ask me again. That's how the, the true leaders do that. Now, some of these younger, uh, less vocal uh, quarterbacks, your Marcus Mariotas of the world, uh, Kyler Murray. Now, I'll say this, that um, Eli Manning was not very vocal. But he had, he had a way of dealing with these guys uh, through uh, his own style. But they did win a Super Bowl. But he he was not very vocal. And he he Plexico Burris was a big personality. Jeremy Shockey was a big personality. Now they got rid of Shockey. They got rid of Shockey and Pickles. As soon as they got rid of Shockey, they went on and won a Super Bowl. So it, that that's a thing. And you can see Kingsbury's like, hey man, let's get it together. And he's dropping some F-bombs and all that. And you're starting to see this in real time that he is slowly. Kingsbury slowly losing this team. Now that's what I. That's just one episode, but I do think that he he's on the hot seat. I think the reason for his extension. By the way, it's really good. By the way, uh, Bidwell. I think his name Michael Bidwell, the owner. This guy is also a pilot. He's flying from one coast to the. They show there's a camera inside his airplane, and he's flying back to Phoenix. He he's the pilot. He's flying back to Phoenix. Uh, to see the game, but you can start to see his frustration. But my point is, uh, he gave Cliff Kingsbury, he gave Kingsbury uh, that extension so Kyler will be relaxed and, and more obligated to to sign his extension because uh, he thinks that Kyler works well in that offense. But I think if they if they flame out, which I think they will, if they flame out this year, uh, I do think that he's one of those names that will get fired. I, I do think that, that Kingsbury will get fired. Now that we found out that that uh, Kyler could, and that was the original signings. Like, can you get a guy this short? Uh, but he's really athletic. He's got a lot of game, got a lot of game experience. One of the most successful quarterbacks in the history of Texas high school football. But he's woefully undersized, you know. 
And, and like uh, Jim Jeffco said, he, he is a bit of a me guy. He's a bit of a me guy. Uh, he doesn't rub me the wrong way like a lot of other players have. I like his talent. I do think that they will eventually get another coach. Uh, they need a traditional running game. I think this guy is one of the least padded. And by the way, this stat's out there. He's one of the least padded down uh, uh, quarterbacks out there. Uh, his hype is not an issue. You know, we talked about that before where uh, you got guys like Brock Osweiler, 6'5", 6'6". He's getting all kinds of balls padded down. But Murray's used to throwing upwards because of his height and trajectory. Uh, but yeah, I, I got a feeling they're probably moved to either a defensive coach and a really good quarterback coach, or they'll go with a more older pro style uh, or a more pro experience veteran defensive uh, offensive minded head coach. That's my guess. That's my guess for for Arizona. But anyways, so uh, Mike is supposed to be on here in the next few minutes. See if he's got my email. I haven't got nothing back yet. But either way, I gave him the seven fifteen, uh, and, it, and, it, and it's seven oh nine. Anyway, so okay, so but he did coach for the Jets. He follows the Jets. You know, uh, uh, he still does now. Now Mike is is West Office is retired. But I'll say this about the Jets. You know, I started off Monday dogging out Buffalo Bills, but the Jets had to win that game. The Jets had to win that game. And this Sauce Gardner, it's between him and Aiden Hutchison of Detroit is for Rookie of the Year. Uh, he he has played way up to that, to that fourth overall. Uh, he's not getting burned a lot, uh, getting interceptions, uh, got a natural nose for the ball. Uh, he's like a former Jet. Like a Daryl Revis, and I, maybe I can ask Mike about that. What, what, how do you compare him to to a Daryl Revis already? I think that you could put him in. He's a more of a taller uh, cornerback. But the Jets, you know, they're six and three, despite the fact that Kyler or Kyler Murray, another short guy, he looks short. I think I think Zach Wilson's a bigger player. He just he's just a smaller frame guy. But uh, Zach Wilson is four touchdowns, five interceptions, rating a 75. Despite his uh, lack of play here, this team is six and three. And they're a game out of first place. You know, uh, they turn around and, and trade for uh, James Robertson. They're very aggressive there. Joe Douglas. Uh, man, this guy over in the Jets, he, this general manager, he is hitting them out of the park left and right, uh, taking advantage of those uh, trades that they got for that Jamal. They're still getting dividends from that Jamal Adams trade with, with Seattle. Now, Seattle's got their act together, too. They're in first place as well. But this is one of the more, like Seattle, actually thought probably six games would have been my over and under for the whole season. And, you know, they're six and three now. They've got eight more games to go. They got eight more games to go. So that's the beauty of this. Um, that That is the beauty of this uh, league where you can go from worst to first, back to worst, back to first, in just a, uh, a year or so due to injuries, salary cap, high draft picks, and uh, 
things can happen quickly. Uh, unfortunately, when you do have unforeseen injuries, I do think that these owners get a little crazy and they fire. Sometimes these firings are a little premature. And sometimes players get in, put in bad situations and coaches get in bad situations. Kind of like Matt Rule, I don't feel like he really got a clear group of guys, uh, uh, really got a quarterback to work with. It seems like they were pressing kind of like uh, Tepper. I think his name's Jeff Tepper, the owner there of Carolina. Kind of reminds me of Jim Ursay with the Colts, uh, wanting to go with the guy that's already in the league instead of, uh, taking a chance and just trading up in the draft and getting somebody. Uh, you know, they've got Baker Mayfield. They went through Sam Darnold. And uh, P.J. Walker ends up winning the job. Now, I want to say Baker's back on tonight. And ESPN has wrote a story about him, Baker Mayfield, about how his rise to grace and then fall from just another, another quarterback and just – uh, at the age of uh, 27. And I thought that was interesting. You know, my thing about him is, yeah, he did. Baker did go through a lot of uh, coaches and a lot of dysfunction up there in Cleveland. But he also was very immature. Uh, he, he spoke about things he shouldn't, about trainers and all that in the public. Very big ego. He, he put a way too much work in those commercials uh, he, he never measured how fast he was. It seems like he simply didn't work as hard uh, as I think he probably should have. And he thought he was faster than what he was. He, he, he was, and, and quite frankly, if you're that injured, you probably should tell the team, hey, look, I don't think I can make it here. Uh, he, he was making a lot of money. Uh, it would have been really hard for them to get rid of him. But he wanted to play through that injury, and I do blame the coaches and the trainers uh, for not for leaving him out there last year. But before that, uh, you look at that offensive line, you look at that running game, uh, Baker, and, and a lot of people not defending Baker, him trying to call out guys like Duke Johnson and get involved in stuff like that. That is all out of his lane, out of bounds, breaking a, a lot of unwritten rules. And it, and it comes to one word, maturity. Very immature. Plus, that goes back to uh, – you want to go back to the um, – that uh, his college years, he, uh, he he's pulled over. He's got a police video, and he tries to outrun the police, but they catch him and 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 handcuff. And the guy still wins the Heisman. He still becomes the number one overall pick. But you know, I understand the chip on his shoulder. The guy was a walk on. I mean, it's a good story. It's a good story. But once you make it, then you have to. The old adage is, you have to prove yourself all over again. Okay, so let me send her another email, folks, and make sure that he has uh, got everything. Uh, can you tell Mike to check his email? Email for link, L-I-N-K. All right, we'll see if she gets back. And and obviously, I'm watching the bottom of my screen to see if Mike um, 
See if Mike checks his uh, email and what will bring him on the program here. Okay. All right. So, anyways, so that that's my take on Mayfield. I think Mayfield will probably end up being a backup in this league. I don't even think he's really a bridge quarterback. Maybe, maybe if he works hard, maybe he'll mature late in life like a Geno Smith. But he's going to have to take a tremendous pay cut, eat some humble pie, realize he's not going to be the starter, earn his keep all over again. Uh, and that might, Never mind, I sent the email, and there is Mike right there. Um, let me go ahead and bring on the legendary, I do mean legendary special teams coach, 32-year journey while revolutionized pro football special teams in this great book, folks. Figure it out. It's a thick book, but a good, easy read here. Let me bring on Mike Westoff. Good morning. Good, good evening, Coach. How's it going tonight? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thank you. Can you, can you hear me okay? Is this all right? Can you hear yeah. me now? Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Okay, um, you, know, I, you know, like I was saying earlier, I wanted to bring you on last month. But you end up getting hit by a hurricane. We got so hit. How, if, how's things if, going if you down could, there? If you could see the room that I'm in, you'd understand. Uh, I'm, I'm just in my office, but right now it's on the concrete floor, and part of the wall has been uh, removed a little bit. So I had some damage in my home, not a lot, but a little bit. Yeah. Um, outside, I had the pool cage crushed. I lost both of my cars. So. Oh um, my God! Really? Oh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I lost them both. Yeah. If you. There was a four, I live eight and a half miles from the water. Okay. And there was a four foot surge that came down my street. Wow. And I live eight and a half miles. So you can imagine what happened out there by the water. It's destroyed. I, I don't think, you know, the, the, the media uh, hasn't, it, what I know they, they try, but you, you yep. almost have to be here to realize uh, what we went through. Um, no power. Um, I, I basically held the water out of my home by sitting in front of my double door yeah. uh, when it was about three feet uh, for about two hours at night in the dark. I held it, but I held it out of my house and I saved my house. So I, I my house is just almost going to be back to normal probably next week. I've got a guy helping me putting in a couple, a little bit of flooring that I had some, most of it was okay, but some was not good. Uh, yeah. But we, we went through a tough time, a tough time. We really did. Yeah. Now, so you said you stayed the whole storm? Yes. Yes, I did. Oh, wow. Did you yeah, have I, a generator? I, uh, no, I did not. That, that shows you how well prepared I am. So good, <laughs> thing I didn't, good thing I didn't prepare for football like I prepare for hurricanes. Uh, you know, we kept, uh, I mean, I know that my home will hold up. It held up to 150 mile an hour winds. I had no damage. I have yeah. shutters for every window. I have, I have a, a, a new uh, tile roof. Everything was great. Uh, and I never expected a surge to come eight and a half miles. I never, a hundred years did I think it would be an issue, but it was, it yeah. was. Now, well, it's supposed to hit in Tampa. That, no, it's, it, yeah, it was it's what everybody said. Tampa, 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 uh, not me. I knew it was coming here. When I look at those projections and I, no disrespect to any weatherman, but I hope they're all listening. Yeah. Uh, I look at the European model, cause I'm going to tell you what, in my 20 years that I've lived down here, they're right every time. They're wow. right every time. So I have, I just, not that I'm being disrespectful, because I don't mean that, but uh, they kept saying Fort Myers. So I was prepared and I, and I would have withstood it easily. But yeah. who expected a four foot surge, you know, eight and a half miles from the water? I mean, no one, no, no one, no one. I picked that when they, when they drained my pool, 
uh, they took out a 10-inch golf snapper out of my swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah, only in the Gulf. Now, I live on a lake, but they don't, they're not in the lake now. This, this, one rode, this one rode the Gulf of Mexico all the way to my house, eight and a half miles. Man. You know, yeah, I was had, living in uh, Destin for oh, Opal yeah. back in 95, my Beautiful dad and area. stuff. And we were living in a condo at the time with my stepmom. And I remember I was going to school down there. And uh, it was it rained the whole week, right? So I go to bed, and I get this knock at the door, and I'm thinking it's my dad. He's waking me up, and I'm thinking I'm going to school. Uh, I'm thinking it's 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 six o'clock in the morning, and he's waking me up. No, it's midnight, and he told me that my stepsister had called and said Opal was a Category Five and heading our way. So we had to we left in the middle of the night. Uh, went up to uh, where did we go to Alabama? Then we saw her her people in Georgia. But when we came back, uh, there was so much water damage we had to move. It turned out to be a huge blessing in the skies. Uh, they got a nicer place co closer to the ocean, believe it or not, and sold it and made a ton of money. But there was about two weeks there. I mean, we were scrambling, we were homeless, and my dad was in a really bad mood, and I just stayed out of his way, man. <laughs> yeah, I, we had we we had no power uh for quite some time yeah um i i basically lived on my front porch i cooked i cooked bowls of soup on my uh, charcoal grill in the back yeah. and uh i took showers with a flashlight and that's how i lived for about oh, 10 weeks or 10, 10 days excuse me and then, then the power came back and the television so things started coming and then it was a matter of just cleaning everything up and you know, getting all the, the debris out of your yard. I mean, I, my, my swimming pool had uh, about three feet of debris across it because oh. just all the sticks and, you know, branches and, oh, my gosh, it was. Jeez. Uh, but we so survived. So it was way worse than saw, people saying it. Way, it way, way, like. way, way, way worse. Way, you can't even imagine. I mean, you go up yeah. by Santa, Sanibel Island is where I, I spent a lot of my time. Yeah. I have a boat. Actually, my boat survived. I had my boat up in a big barn. Go figure. And, and it was it was fine. The, the bottom level got smacked and the marina got destroyed. But my yeah. boat's fine. But I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait almost maybe till into December before I try to go out because it's just too dangerous. You could be going along and you you, you could you all of a sudden you could run over a sunken boat. And you don't know it. Oh, so man. The Coast, the Coast Guard wants us to really be careful and not be out for a while until they get everything figured out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we mentioned got, that in your book. We got um, smacked and I was right in the middle of it. So I was, I, I was right there. I was on the front line. Believe me. Front line. <laughs> Sound like you're in a war. I was in a war. Trust me. <laughs> but my, if you saw my home, I've been living here. It's fine. I have pretty much everything. I, I, it's, it's being put back together little by little and it's almost completed. So it's going to be absolutely great when it's done. Yeah. So what made you want to write a book? That, that That's an interesting question. Um, I love the process. You know, I, I love the process of the whole business. I have tremendous respect for the National Football League. I, I like, how should I say it? Oh, okay. I'm going to step on some toes here a little bit. Oh, okay, go ahead. So, oh, you stepped to. on a bunch in this book. That's why I love it. You'll pull any punches. I, I love the National Football League, and I like, I have so much respect for it. I like how I got into it. Yeah. I, I like the fact I worked my way through the system. I, I do not, I, I'm not very fond of uh, the move that the Indianapolis Colts just made. Yeah. And I have yeah. the deepest respect for Jeff Saturday. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. 
but that, but to me, you know, the way I look at it is I see a lot of people out there from all different varieties yeah. that have earned that opportunity. And I, and I frankly, to tell you the truth, I don't think he earned it. That's just how I feel. And I don't care if he likes it or not. I, yeah. I just don't, um, I, you know, I, I came out of the, the, the Miami Dolphins uh, in 2000 after having probably four or five in a row of best special teams years that anyone ever had. 2000, we had the best year that probably anyone in NFL history ever had. Nice. And I didn't get the head coaching job. Yeah. And I why was don't, you know, and that one, that one hurt me. That yeah. one bothered me because I was extremely well prepared. You know, uh -huh. and I know some other times I fought some health issues with, you know, I had, I had bone cancer and I had to yeah. go through some of those things. But back then I was really doing pretty well. I was recovered well. Um, and I was really prepared. And you know, you learn a lot when yeah. you sit next to Don Shula for 15 years or so. You learn, you learn a little something. And I learned a lot. And then when Jimmy Johnson took over, I learned some things from him. Though, you know, I, yeah. I sat in a position where I learned a lot. And at my particular job, I performed exceptionally well. I did. I, mean, I don't care. Anyway, I know I did. Yeah. We were good. Now, the game's changed so much now that, that, that this part of the game has drastically changed. But back then, Whoa, come on. It was a ball. And I helped as, as Roger Goodell said, you know, Mike Westoff changed the game. That's because he did. And so, <laughs> that, but I don't, but I don't, but I don't get that opportunity. So I must admit it, 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 it bothers me a little bit that, uh, that, 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 that they decide to make a move like that. That that's a little bit uh, insulting, not only to me, of course, but yeah. to so many people that I see out there that have worked their way into the system. They deserve an opportunity and they come along with this. So um, that, that, that bothers me a little bit, but yeah, to write so the book, for an I love job. Who, who would you, I, who would you like to have seen got that opportunity? I, I, I honestly don't know. I, that's a good question. I'd like yeah. to see all of their assistance. I'd like to go through that. I, yeah. I think that's the thing you, you have to look at first and, and, and to tell you the truth, no one jumps out at me. It would be unfair for me to answer that because I don't know them that well. I don't study them that well and those types of things. So if it's interim and you just want to get through the year, okay, may, maybe so. But there's a damn many good coaches out there that I think deserve a chance. And I'd yeah. love to see them get them, get it. But for me to go back to your original question, I know I went all over the place. No, no, it's okay. To, to, to vary, to, to write this book. I love the story. I love how I worked my way through the system. I became a special teams coach by accident. I didn't, I, I didn't know all of a sudden, okay, I'll do it. And, and then how it developed and how I changed it. And I developed philosophies and I saw how, how it actually changed the game. And, and we were so good at it. And it was a part of, of course, back then there were, mm -hmm. there were two interesting things when I got involved. One, there was very little innovation. Mm -hmm. And there was zero regulation. <laughs> you could do anything. <laughs> so I tried everything. I tried it all. And we got really good at it. We got good at it. And it gave guys a chance to carry on a career. As you, as you, if you read the book, yeah, you, you see what cover, they said. The guys, the, the guys loved it. They, they loved the opportunity, what it did for them, what it did for our team. It helped us. I, I mean, I'm... You know, I, I get I get accused of being arrogant, probably maybe because I am. I'm cocky, but I'm not arrogant. <laughs> I didn't mention that in the book, too. <laughs> yeah, they like, you know, people like to give you crap. But I, I know when I was with the New York Jets, uh -huh. we were a good football team. We, you know, Bill Parcells and, 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 and Bill Belichick, they know how to build a team now. 
Yeah. So I walked into, in 2001, a good football team. We were good. We had good personnel with Curtis Martin, Kevin Mawai. Yeah. You know, they're, they're in the Hall of Fame, excuse me. You know, Vinny Testaverde, and you just go on and on and on. And so we were in the playoffs a lot, and we were good. But we don't get in the playoffs ever if we don't contribute in the fashion that we did in the kicking game, the special teams. We, we Not that we won it or put us in, but we helped us get to where we got. And we did it every single year, and I'll stand firm on that. If we don't do the things we did, field position, touchdown, scoring, et cetera, et cetera, block kicks, big plays, fakes, we don't go in. We, we don't go in. And I what is had your a proudest I, moment uh, oh. in game, in game, Coach, whether it's with, with the Dolphins, Jets, or even, even the Saints? What is your proudest moment where you said, I did that? My, my group won that big game for us. It wasn't any other group I, but my group. I'll tell you what. I, I honest to goodness, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a proud moment, but I honestly never said uh, I won it. Or now, our, I, our group I know just I, I, or, or, or my group. I never said that. I said many times. I said I, on the other side of it, though, if, if it didn't go right, I believed that I lost it. Mm. I never felt that I won it, but I believed I lost it. But you I also no knew, I did know this, yeah. that I contributed to where without that, I don't think we could have won. That made a big difference. Okay. Now, as far as proud moments, I'll give you I'll give you one with the New York Jets, since we're talking about those guys yeah. a little bit. Uh, in 2000, and um, it was 2000 and, let's see, 2011. Yeah, 2011, we had the 10-year uh, 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 anniversary of 9-11. Okay. Okay, we opened the season with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the place it was the quintessential NFL game. It was a great game. The, the stadium was packed. Every celebrity was on the sidelines. If you could get a ticket, you got you came. The, yeah. the, it was the the greatest flyover ever. It was the most patriotic. Uh, President Bush flipped the coin. Yeah. The Secret Service were all over. I was so impressed with those guys. They had a big military presence. The game was a great game, and it came down toward the end. And we had a chance, and and we blocked their punt for a touchdown that uh, <laughs> that I had drawn up. I had drawn that up about six years ago and saved it because I knew it could win in that situation, and it did. And Joe McKnight, which he never blocked a punt before or since in his life, poor Joe, God bless, rest his soul. Yeah, uh, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, Joe was a great kid. I loved him. He's a good man, and and never, 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 never a violent person. That was a terrible road rage thing that that he died it was killed in but anyway yeah. it was a great play created an incredible moment and um that was something really special because it was a big night it was a big game you know we had just come off of a you know we had been in the playoffs in the championship game and this is the first game and you know here we blocked this and i knew we could do it and uh, uh -huh. and we got them so that was that that was a euphoric moment for me euphoric yeah Hey, let me ask you something about back in the day. I've read your book. Okay. And I was going to do that, Jim. You know what? Let me. Okay. You've mentioned Jimmy Johnson. Okay. Uh -huh. Wichita State, 1967. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Johnson is hired as a young coach there. Now, you're There's still a player, just, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm playing. He's just out of college. He's just yeah. out of co and you're doing this um, fourth quarter so, class. Something about holding stick, on to stick wrestling. Yeah, tell yeah, me the story a, about we that. We had a well. What it was was uh, a guy named uh, 
guy named Boyd Converse was coaching at Kilgore Junior College, and they won a national championship. Uh -huh. And his defensive coordinator was a guy named Larry Lacewell. And Larry Lacewell went on to some great prominence as the defensive coordinator with Barry Switzer at Oklahoma. And he was the, he's the master of those. And a very good coach. Larry was a brilliant coach. But anyway, they had, they had put in this kind of Alabama ball. Alabama at the time had gone to kind of a, a small ball, fast. Everybody was fast. They lost weight. They were quick. You know, eventually yeah. that changed when they played Southern Cal and they got killed and then they made some changes. <laughs> yeah, but I remember that. Yeah. We, we went through that because Lacewell had been a graduate assistant there. So we had this class. You know, it was just workout conditioning. They were yelling and screaming at us all the time, yeah. competitive. Though there, you'd get you had these stations. And one of the stations was you'd get on a mat and you took a shovel handle. And two guys knelt down and faced each other and held the handle. Okay. And they blew, blew a whistle and you had 20 seconds to wrestle the handle off the other guy. Well, the first day when Larry Lacewell was explaining all the drills to everybody, we'd walk through as a group. This one, he picked me. I was pretty good size and I used to lift weights and things. So he said, yeah. uh, yeah, Before it was fashionable, right? Pardon me? Before it was fashionable. To Before it was fashionable. Yes, I did it all the time. <laughs> uh, you read the book, you'll, you'll, you'll see why. Did, well, you know I why. Did, you yeah. know why. Anyway, uh, he said, you get in there, kid. And he puts Jimmy in against me. And so, you know, Jimmy's a, a, you know, he had just got done playing. And he's a competitor and he's a strong, he's fighting. But I, I was a little stronger than him. I, I, I could have taken it off him. And I was starting to beat him. And, and being a competitor, which he is, you know, he fought back and he, threw an elbow and smacked me right in the face. And, and I hit him. I, I hit him. I punched him. Uh, and, you know, I just, and then it, it only lasted two seconds, you know, and yeah. they broke it up, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, that, 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 he was just a young coach and I was a player. And, you know, so it was, uh, it was just one of those things. It was no big deal. Yeah. It was nothing. So, yeah. And then years later, you said, uh, you, you don't think that uh, you don't think he should be a head coach or anything like that. Is this? You're not. Did you guys not make up for that fight? No, you're not talking about Jim. I wasn't about Jimmy Johnson. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it was about the next guy that took over after him. Oh, okay. I, I will not. You. I won't I even mention you. his name because I can't. I, I don't. I, I got can't stand you. Him. You know, I thought that. Oh, that, that was, was not Jimmy. Oh no, you read again. That's not very clear. I, you know, no, I, I liked. Coach. I thought. I thought Jimmy was a good coach. I thought he did a good job. Oh, okay. I, I, but it, after that, you know, he, he got a guy that had been with him and he kind of helped him. I really believed I should have gotten a job and yeah. it went to a guy that, uh, give me a break. I, I don't even, you don't have enough time for me to tell you about that guy. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I won't do it. Sorry. Yeah, I hear you. No, it's, but it's okay. not, I have no reference to Jimmy whatsoever. None, none. Yeah, no, Jimmy, sure. Jimmy was a good, you know, by that time, you know, Jimmy had kind of, you know, he had one foot out the door to tell you the truth. But Jimmy yeah. Johnson was a good coach. He was a good football coach. He knew what he's doing. He knew what he's doing. Oh, yeah, Jimmy was guy. A, and I'll I enjoyed to, okay. I enjoyed working for him. He was he was fun to work for. I'm I glad I got that clarified because I was oh, thinking, no, no. man. No, no, you know, no, I you, thought it was because y'all had that fight back in '67. <laughs> no, no, no. That never came up. We know he never we never mentioned that. Never. Because no, you worked nothing. under him with with, the, with Miami, right? No, no, no. I was at the Dolphins when he was at the when he was at the Hurricanes. Oh, okay. Then, then he got the my, he got the dolphin job, remember? And then, then, then when he retired, then he went when he went to work for Fox. But oh, I, I worked okay. for him. I worked for him. Let's see. I was four years, four or five years from, uh, oh, probably what ninety ninety five to two thousand somewhere around there, something like that. Gotcha.
I gotcha. was with him. Yeah. No, okay. I, I learned it was good working for him. I he he was good. He was great to be a special teams coach for. He gave me a gave me a damn all star team. I had a ball. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I've always like. I'm going to try to get him on. He's got a book out called Swagger. Now he lives in Fort uh, Myers too, right? Still. No, no. Jimmy's on the other coast. He's in the Keys. Oh, he lives okay. in he lives in Isla Morada. He's got a beautiful home. On a matter of fact, the last hurricane a couple of years ago uh, beat him up pretty good. Beat beat him up. He, he, oh, he had man. a tough time. But he's got a beautiful place. And Jimmy's a very very good fisherman. He's got great big boats, and he oh he's really good. He's yeah, a deep he's, sea guy. He's yeah, he goes way. I don't do what he does. I don't. I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a closer to shore. But yeah, I only fish for sharks, so I like to fight. But Jimmy's way out. He's got a big giant boat. You know he's. But he's good. He's very good. Very good. He's pretty bold, man. Seventy-nine years old out there doing that. Yeah, he's yes, he is. He certainly. Let is. me ask you about that. Now, this is a very inspirational part for me. I'm a person of faith too. Uh, uh, I, I like to turn this show more into like sports analogies and inspiration for life. And I love this story you tell in your book. You're at Dayton. You got one month left on your contract. Lee Corso, that's for my audience. That's the same guy, game day. Uh, he recommends you go to this coaches meeting and meet up with Earl Bruce from Iowa State. That's okay. Right. Uh, and then, you know, the guys in the hotel lobby sees an old friend. They drink for four hours. And pretty close. It, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just saying, from me, from me, I'm just that, that and the fact that you stayed there. And the guy says, "Okay, come up here to the hotel. We're, we're gonna uh, we're gonna finish up this." And then when you in, get up there, you can in I, his I, room. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then he shuts the door in your face. Now, to me, that would be just what's going through your mind because I know I would be really discouraged and and, and well, question. I mean, I'm a, I'm a young I'm a young coach. Yeah, with very little experience. I had a master's degree. Yeah, and I, I had coached. So I had I had so I had a little bit of experience, but I'm just getting started. I didn't have much. I didn't have any money. You know, so I, I needed a job and I really believed I could get it. And so I, he, you know, I had an interview and then the interview just didn't, didn't transpire. Uh, he had been out, you know, having a couple of drinks with a friend and got to the room and said, you know, I, I, I got to talk to people in my state and I'll, and he slammed the door right in my face. Okay. So I went and got my shorts and I went out and I jogged along by the ocean. I went back to the hotel. I went up in the weight room and I was working out and there was a little tiny sauna. I walked yeah. over to the sauna and I went in. And sitting in there all by himself was Frank Cush. He was Arizona coach State. Yeah. at Arizona State. And, and I introduced myself to him. And he said, oh, I know you. I remember you as a player. Now, I'm not sure he did or not, but he was being kind. And he said that he did. So we talked a while. And he wanted to know what I was doing. And I told him and told him the story. It got around to that. And he, 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 was, he was pretty up. He was pretty, I, I, won't, I won't talk about what he said, but he was pretty upset. <laughs> he didn't have <laughs> much great to say story. about Earl Bruce. And he told me, he said, look, I'm going to tell you what. He said, I don't have a job. We don't have any openings on our staff. He said, but I'm going to be in a position. I know who you are. And he said, someday I'll have a job. He said, I'll call you and interview you. He said, now, I don't know if you're going to get it, but I promise you the next time I have a job, I'll call you. Well, six years later, he got hired as the head coach at the Baltimore Colts. He called me, brought me up there and gave me the job, got me in the NFL. Yeah. And that's, that's how, how life works, you know, see, well, and then I, then I added the part, you know, the part that you mentioned sort of a little bit of a religion, I guess you could say religious thing. Maybe I believe that there's a little bit of life after death, I hope. Yeah. And I, and I kind of made a little bit of a humorous thing, but 
maybe I'd get up to heaven and someone might say, you know, Mike, sometimes we let someone go back in their life, maybe relive a time where they made a mistake or something. They, they say, would you care for one of those times? And I'm going back in that hallway. And when he goes to close the door, I'm going to beat the shit out of that little kid. <laughs> and you know something, Coach? And that's exactly And I could do it with my eyes closed. So, yeah. so, so what if, I don't care. I'm just, that, that's how I felt. Yeah. And, you know, if to me, if it you don't so like it, if you don't like it, don't do it to someone. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't do that to somebody. So when someone did it to me, I wish I could, I wish I could go back to that time again. I couldn't, I'm standing just like, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. So you're I, thinking, I, forget the assault charge. You'll still feel good for that moment. Yes, it's sir. a euphoric yeah, moment. 100% like, correct. I'll, I'll take, <laughs> I've been in enough trouble in my life. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll be all right. I'll take yeah. care. But I don't think anybody would have, there can't be a judge around that would have thought I did the wrong thing. <laughs> well, you know something, Coach, uh, you mentioned, I wasn't even going to mention this in my questions, but I read it in your book and, and we got a lot in common. You're a little bit older than my dad. Uh, you said you've been in about 30 fist fights. Uh, when I was you young. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in a rough neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I used, to, count, I used to keep track. Say, you know something? Uh, I'm, I'm a small guy. I'm five foot, nothing, 100, nothing. Uh, you've, you've coached against the Titans. I'm out of Nashville. You coach for the Jets. Uh, th those housing projects there. I was born in that neighborhood. Uh, I lived in those projects and I used to be, uh, I get assaulted, uh, on a Tuesday for being white on a Tuesday. And my dad finally said, son, you're going to have to take up for yourself. We're going to, they're going to do it every day. They're going to kick your butt every day. And I, I learned how to take up for myself. And I've been in, my numbers are like that. It's, it was 10, 15 in one semester. And by the time I got to middle school, uh, they said, well, you know what? He, he might not be the baddest, but man, he may embarrass the bully because he's going to punch the bully back and he may beat the bully. Sometimes, so I can totally relate to that. We don't have any choice. I mean, I, I learned when I was young, I, I was not, you know, I, I started school early, so I was always a year behind. Yeah. And uh, I, I wasn't the biggest guy, so I was always trying to, you know, and, and it happened to me and I had a bad temper and I'd fight back. And so, um, you know, after I got beat up you know I learned how I learned how to box and my dad had we were at a little basement and he put a little punching bag and actually I can hit it better than Rocky I can still hit it better than Rocky I'm, I'm really good at it I can I have one in my garage I'm really good at it but so I learned you know and I yeah. took my lumps um but I respect people and I'd much rather that not happen and so as I got older you know I I figured it out a little bit and uh Although it took me a long time, <laughs> it took me yeah. a long time because that's all I knew. I, yeah. I didn't know anything else, and I didn't have I, I didn't have much. And, uh, but I figured it out. I, I knew that sports would be a way for me. I, I I admired education. I I was behind. I was not a good student. But then I caught up. I caught yeah. up, and it took me a while. But uh, I, I'm proud of that, and uh, and that's kind of what I wanted to write about, and I wanted to tell the story of a group of guys that were very similar to me in a lot of ways. They didn't have everything, but if we did it right, we could change the game in the National Football League. And that's yeah. what we did. Yeah, and and you you said you, you've got the rule change about pushing players out of bounds so they right. can come back in bounds, which I think is totally awesome, by the way, and make the tackle because the, the field is much smaller in NFL than it is in the uh, – and the college game. So what, what do you think about how did that come about 
uh, getting well, we the were rules just, changed. The, the rule was the rule at that time. It really was on a punt where, you yeah. know, on the punt, the only okay. in, the, in the NFL, only the two people at the end of the line can release when the ball snapped. They most of the time they referred to them as gunners. Okay. We called them flyers. Coach Shula called them flyers. So we did. And then then during a lot of times you go out and you double them where the rule was that if you initiated contact in bounds and you, you could sustain it out of bounds. Now, okay. if when you get out of bounds, as soon as you step out, you have to let you have to let them go. So what we did, I had a couple guys that were just I mean, they were really tough and they'd yep. grab the guy and hang on to him and run him out of bounds and run them right over the bench, run them through players, throw them over the Gatorade table. We didn't care. And we were just, it wasn't like we were trying to hurt somebody, but we were just tough. I mean, these yeah. were tough guys and they loved playing the game that way. Well, then the NFL said, hey, wait a minute, Mike, <laughs> you got pulled a plug on that one, buddy. So, you know, they, they changed a lot of rules. A lot of stuff that I did, kickoff returns, we had that trapping and all that kind of stuff. They, they changed a lot of that. So um, I got in it at the right time. And yeah. I got out of it at the right time. So I think I enjoyed the all time best that special teams ever were and ever will be. There's no question in my mind. It's just yeah. changed now. You know, kickoffs are mostly touchbacks. Right. They don't have as many plays. You know, and I used the number in my book. My first 30 years in the National Football League, my first 30 years, not counting PATs or field goals, whether you kick them or defend them, not counting those plays. Yeah, I averaged I averaged 22 plays a game, 22. All right, when I went to the New Orleans Saints, seven. Mm. I went from 22 to seven. Yeah, because I'm not counting a kickoff for a touchback. I mean, I'm 74. I can run down and cover one of those. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just you know so different. It's yes. just different. And so you know we had so many active plays. Yeah. And yet we had so little regulation, though. I mean, we did everything. I tried it all and I loved it. It was so much fun because every week you could be creative. I, mean, mm -hmm. I drew I, I talked to I, I used to give out an 80 page game plan scouting report every week. 80 oh, pages. Man. Now, you know, I mean, say for you, you, you might only have 25 pages. Oh, OK. And this guy, you know what I'm getting at. But but I had I had 10, 12 kickoff returns drawn up seven, eight different ways to cover kicks, different punt formations. We did it all. And wow. I used to just hold up cards and show it to everybody. And we did it and we did it and we did it well. We did it well. And it was yeah. fun. And um, and that's what I loved, loved telling the story of. You know, um, so you, in 2017, you, you go to, to the Saints and I noticed that's the first year, uh, rookie year for Taysen Hill. Correct. Now, did, you're is your usage of of heel in special teams did that keep him on the saints wait a minute that's how they found him oh okay he never dressed the game till i saw him he never dressed he never played a play i saw him did in the they locker have teddy room. bridgewater as a backup coach well we, well back then um yeah teddy was the backup when because it's hard to have three quarterbacks in my point so it was but you but he wasn't he that's why he never dressed gotcha he, he gotcha. never dressed the game and i saw him in the locker room this guy looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> he cut out of granite, huh? I said, Who, who's this? So I went up to Sean Payton and told me all about him. And I said, you know, I've had some luck in special teams with quarterbacks, you know, having different roles. Jim Jensen, Brad Smith, Eric Smith, Tim Tebow. Yeah. That's a bit difference with this guy. This guy was tough. He'd knock your head off. So I said, well, let's take a look. Let me look. I talked to him, gave him a chance, looked at him in practice. 
I saw Sean after practice. He said, what do you think? I said, dress him. He's going to be way better than what you think. Way better. Oh, he's the best special teams player in the league. Man. That's tremendous. So that's the only thing he did when he started. But then he started doing everything so well that, that his role on offense started to multiply. You know, they gave him some blocking. Then they gave him some receiving. Then I, next thing you know, you know, he's the hybrid player. That's the most versatile player in the National Football League. That's what he is. Yeah, I, I play daily fantasy. I know that you, when you first retired, you thought it was crazy. People ask about fantasy when you go into sports radio. But uh, my dad taught me, and he said, "Man, we we put it. We always put a team together on FanDuel every week." And he said, "Let's put Taysom Hill in there." I was like, "What position is he this week?" And he's like, "Oh, he's tied in. He's like a double quarterback." And sure enough, it was that Seattle game. Did you see that a few weeks ago? He has a yeah. huge game against Seattle. Huge game, huge. I watch him. I talk to him almost every week. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm real close with him. He, uh, I love him. He's a great kid. He was a great player. And um, I, I think he can do anything. He just can do it all. Uh, he can throw. You know, he can run. He'll tackle. He'll hit you. He can block kicks. I mean, so, you know, I got a call from Sean Payton. I, I never, I knew who he was, but I never met him. Yeah. I was working on for ESPN and doing a television show in New York. And he uh -huh. said he wanted me to come to work. And I said, no, nah, I don't want to do it. <laughs> he kept talking to me and talked me into going down there. So I, I walked in and uh, when I went there, they were ranked 31st in the NFL. When I left, we were first. So I'm pretty mm. proud of that. We were good. I helped them. And, and it was a lot of fun. I love New Orleans. Uh, I, I love the whole experience there. Uh, Mickey Lomas is a brilliant general manager. Sean, Sean's a great coach. He'll be back next year. He'll be back. Will, well, okay. Will he, will he come back to the saints or he go, or is he going to be a free agent? And they're going to have to a, do some trade. I don't think he'll come back to the saints. He'll be a free agent. He'll go somewhere. I've got my thoughts, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to divulge. <laughs> I, I not that I know. Thought? I do not know. I do not know. Oh, I got you. Can no, I ask I, you a hypothetical? Sure. Okay. He, he's in Manhattan beach. Uh, his, his, um, daughter's going to school in Southern Cal. Now he's got a son at TCU working as an assistant right. for whatever reason, if the chargers with that staff, Brandon Staley, if he fires, uh, if he gets fired for whatever reason with Justin Herbert, uh, Sean Payton calls and said, coach, I'll give you the kind of deal. Plus if you come for two years to come to the LA chargers to help me win a super bowl, what do you say? Well, I don't know about two years. They're well, give a, they'll give him a real contract. Um, well, give you a big contract, but I'm I would saying... be, I, I, if that happens, and I don't know, of course, if it would, I would be shocked if he's not interested. Uh, well, I think well, I'm saying, what, I think he, if I think he offered he'd be, you the job to be the special teams guy there, I'd only go with him for one year. That's Same why I deal. Said he too. offered, he offered me that another, I can't go into when it was, but trust me, it was a pretty good deal. I'd go with him for a year. He likes me to go with him when he asked me to go. To kind of get things started, yeah, I'm good at getting teams how to practice properly, and they want to yeah. kill me, but but they <laughs> practice properly, yeah. and I I would take someone with me that would take it over. Guy used to work for me, I'd take him with me. He'd take it over in a year. I only want to do it for a year, but for a year, yeah, for a year I'd go with him. I'd go. I won't do it more than a year. I'm done. I don't see the game changed so much. Yeah, it just changed too much for me. The stuff that I did is gone. But to go and help him and put it, get it started with the respect I have for him, yes, I, I would consider doing that, yes. Uh, but only a year, then I'm done. Then I give it to somebody that takes it over and runs with it because I'm too old. But yeah, for a year, I hear you. For a year, well, I could have fun. you said a year, for, I said two, so that, uh, that's, a, that's, that's about right. Okay. For a year, I'd, I'd do it for one.
Yeah, I, so I I, uh, I really like the guy. I think he's a hell of a coach, and uh, yeah. he's he's the best. He's the best on the field teacher that I ever saw in my career. Oh wow! Best ever. Best better ever. than Don Shula. Better than Don. Wow. Now trust me, that doesn't mean he's a better coach than Don. I'll never say that. Don Who's was the, the best, best coach you've ever worked with. Don Shula. It's not even he's first, nobody's second. <laughs> oh wow. Come on, he was he's the best coach that there ever was, in my opinion. He could do anything. And he was a great man, a very dignified. He there's there's no there's no cheating with Don Shula. He did everything right up front. And he did yep. everything above board. He's a first class gentleman. And uh and we were a good team. We were good. You know, he won with a lot of different types of teams. And I admired my time with them and very much uh, I think I, I think I did a good job uh talking about it in the book. Um how much yes. I, I how much I loved and respected him. So you never got irritated when uh, during your briefing, uh, if, if you wouldn't done in thirty minutes or whatever, he'd walk out mid sentence. <laughs> he was, you know, he, he, he I got every Wednesday, I had yeah. forty five minutes, and he was so business like because he had a he had something else to do, you know. Yeah. So I mean, he's going, we're working. All of a sudden, he's going. He said, "All right, are you ready to go tomorrow? I'll see you." He walk. <laughs> he was. That's just Don. You know, that's just him. That's the way he was. And, uh, Did he have a stop clock on or something? No, he just, you know, well, yeah. he had another meeting to go to and, you know, he was busy. He had another coach to see and you know, he had a schedule. Um, yeah. I, I love my time with him. I had a great experience. He and I got along great. You know, at first when you work for him, it's tough because he's so tough. But then yeah. as time went on, he liked me and he treated me great. And uh, we became we became very close. So I I, I love my time with him and, and we were damn good. He used to I used to I tell people. Don Shula asked me in my time with him a million questions of which not one was ever a question. He'd say, he'd say, we, we'd go to dinner. He'd yeah. say, uh, Mike, uh, or we go to lunch. And he'd say, you, you, you like gumbo. In other words, Mike ordered a damn gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> say, Mike, you're going to, you're going to take that second bus back. Right. In other words, Mike, he said, be on a second bus. He never said that to me. He'd always say, you're going to take that second bus. Right. And yeah. I knew he wanted me on a second bus. So I went, I just did what I was supposed to do. But Man. I got along good. And he let me call things. He let me do it. And then when it, when it would work, you know, he'd be, he, cause he's a very humble person. You know, he'd, we'd make, I'd make, a, I'd have a good game and he'd walk by me after the game. You know, he'd look at me sometime. He'd go, that was pretty good, Mike. <laughs> he just kept on going. But when he said that, he could make you swell this big. <laughs> he, 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 he knew how to do it. He was, he was quite a, he was quite I heard a Vince Lombardi was like that. He never gave big compliments, but when he did, it's like, oh man, Vince Lombardi, you know? Don was, Don was a little bit like that. Yeah, Don yeah. was a little bit like that. But he was yeah. so bright and he worked hard. He studied film. He worked hard on the field. You know, he, he could coach any position. He could coach anything. Yeah. And, uh, and he could teach it. Believe me, he could teach it. I just, I, I always, I, I talk in Sean in those ways because I thought the way he did it was so intricate. That I'd, I'd watch, I'd be sitting to game Sunday and I'd see Drew do something and I'd be thinking to myself, I saw that on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, just like that. And it would happen on Sunday. Man. That's what Sean did. Sean, Sean's good at it. You can get Sean. Yeah. You want to have an offense, you get Sean Payton. Man. Yeah, I, I would like to see him take that charger job personally, well, but that's just I, me. I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm never for, you know, someone else has a job. We'll just see what happens. Right. Uh, whatever it is. If you're looking for a coach, Sean Payton would be a good he You better get that guy if you can get him. <laughs> yeah, I had to pay some money. Now, uh, whatever. how ironic is it that now your dad sets all these records in Pittsburgh, 
yeah. uh, as a high school quarterback, right? That's Only to be beaten by Dan Marino. That's correct. How did that go? How did that conversation go when, when you later worked with Dan Marino? Then well, my dad used to just laugh. You know, he'd say, he, I remember we were playing golf. He was riding with Dan. He said, man, it was pretty easy to beat my records. <laughs> so dad, dad loved it. Dan thought, dad, dad thought he was great. My father was a great big man, was a tremendous athlete. And uh, just didn't want to, he had a full scholarship at the University of Miami. He had baseball contracts with the, uh, let's see, he had the Yankees and the Red Sox. And he just stayed home. He was just a Pittsburgh kid and uh, played minor league ball and stuff like that. But he was, he's the one all the talent. But uh, yeah, yeah Dan, Dan, Dan actually beat his record. So uh, I, my dad was pretty proud of the fact that he had done well when he did it. Uh, to have Dan Marino beat you, that's not much of a disgrace. I mean, <laughs> how ironic. And you go work with the guy years later. I mean, yeah. talk about divine intervention. Yeah, Dan. You know, both being from Pittsburgh, right? You know, you know what I said about Dan. I mean, I think he's the. I mean, I I know you like him better than Brady. I like him better than anybody. I mean, I know under the right circumstances, Dan Marino wins ten Super Bowls. But you know, I think he's the best that ever played the position. I think he's the best. I love the way he played. I know. I mean, I think Brady's tremendous. You know, and I think Montana was tremendous. And I'm I'm a fan of all those guys. But Dan just had something special. I mean, he played the game. You don't forget, he played banged up. He yeah. would get hit. He's right. He was tough as nails. And so, you know, I, I just loved being a part of him and watching him work. And uh, I, can't, I, I and I've talked about it in my book. I, he had a sign in his locker. It said, uh, I'm going to practice every day and play every play. And until he tore his Achilles in Cleveland, he never yeah. missed a practice or a play in a game. Never. Never, Man. ever. I used to read that sign to my young guys in training camp every single year I coached. I, yeah. I said, you want to know what greatness in the NFL is? I, and I had a sign, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a power, power, PowerPoint. And I, I put it up and I said, there it is right there. Dan Marino. I said, you, you want to be Dan Marino? Try doing that. Yeah. yeah. What was it? About. Was it just the running game? Did y'all just didn't have the good in, in the past? Our defense was... wasn't quite good enough. Yeah. We, we, we didn't stack up good, well enough on defense. I don't, we just didn't. And we weren't a great running team, but but we could have won there. We just weren't good enough on defense. No, we oh, okay. Because well, I remember Jimmy Johnson said that that Dan didn't want to be a running team when he came there. Uh, he said that was the problem. And I thought, wow, I never thought about it that way. I never remember him saying that. And uh, if he did, he shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. Well, you I'm, know gonna at, I'm just going to leave it go at that. <laughs> know, Jimmy, Jimmy had a Jimmy had a different philosophy, and it's it, yeah. not that his philosophy. I mean, come on, he had Troy Aikman; those guys were great. Yeah, he did. A, he won Super Bowls. He did a tremendous job. Yeah. but you know, this was different, and so I, I'm not going to be the least bit critical of it. Well, give me one more, because then yeah. I'm going to have to run. Yeah, I got you. I got you, Coach. Um, well, thank you for the for saying that. I I appreciate you saying something about the book. You can get it on Amazon. Yeah. or at uh, 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 well, you can get it almost anywhere. Um, and it, well, it's, what's it's, your? I'm, I'm proud of it. Yes, yes, guys, get the book. Figure out it's at the bottom of the screen. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, uh, Target, Barnes and Noble, the places right. I checked online. I got mine from Amazon just a few days. Yeah, Amazon will come right away for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I appreciate you coming on the show. Now, what is your biggest? What's your biggest regret? And uh, in your career, like a job you probably should have took and, and no. your biggest deep breath where you think, I'm glad I didn't go there and take no, that no, job. No, no, no. I'm, I, I don't have a professional move that I made or didn't make that I ever regret. 
okay. I turned down I turned down a lot of jobs. I was very interested in trying to pursue going out to San Francisco. Okay. Bill Bill Walsh Bill Walsh should talk to me a little bit, and I, I think I would have loved that. But I wasn't going to leave Don Shula to go anywhere. I, I wasn't going to do it, and I'm glad I did not. Uh, I had chances when Jimmy came. I could have gone several places. I'm glad I didn't do it. Uh, yeah. And when I went to New York, I loved going to New York. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I was, some of the 10, 10 best years of my life, maybe. It was a great time. We were a great team. It was a lot of good things. So that I, I kind of, if I had to regret, I'd regret, I, I, I wish I would have had a chance to be a head coach. Uh, it didn't happen. I, I, I don't have any bitterness. It's just sometimes we don't get everything we want in life. Sometimes we just don't get it. And yeah. we have to figure it out and make the best of what we have. And I think I did that very thing. And so um, I like the way my career went. I'm proud of it. Um, it. It was at a time when special teams were a truly a one third of the game. They're 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 actually not today. I'd say yeah. today they're about a one fifth of the game. My opinion doesn't make doesn't mean it's not as important because it is. But yeah. that's kind of how I feel. Well, listen, I'm yeah. gonna have to run if you don't mind. Yeah. Hey, we're already past the hour. Uh, I really appreciate you. Hopefully, you come back on the program sometime. I've got your email. Get it. Just send it. Send it in. Denise will take care of it. We'll do it. Thank you, sir. Hey, have a good luck with getting everything back squared away uh, like uh, it was I'm, before I'm that hanging. I'm doing, I'm doing just fine. Thank you, and thanks for saying that. Thank you. Have okay, a good, good one. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> All right, now I'm back here. Figure out. Got to buy Dan Marino. Uh, guys, I want to thank you. If you like the show, share the show. Uh, you know, Mike is is a heck of a this guy. He's the best time manager guest I've ever had. I don't want to tell him that. Hopefully, he'll get to watch the program and, and hear me say that. Uh, he's like Don Shula. I was at fifty nine minutes. He's like one more question. I got to go. So that is just the kind of guy he really is. A perfectionist. Uh, one of the absolute best guests. Uh, I will be back on tomorrow, same time, same place. Uh, I post. Uh, I have uh, Bet Mad New Yorker on here. We'll talk about the uh, upcoming games. There are some big ones coming up here. Uh, I want to say that, um, geez, the Chargers got a big game. Uh, uh, the Titans here. They're playing Denver. And uh, what, what was that other? Oh, yeah, that's one. This this game in Germany for crying out loud. Seattle and Tampa. Vikings at the Bills. Will Josh Allen play? We'll get into all that tomorrow. I want to thank you guys. And again, we'll be back tomorrow. Same play, same time, play, same place here. Thank you, Pickles. Thank you, uh, Corey, and all my listeners out there here on Sports Scope. <laughs>